everyone. Welcome to the Odd Drummer Gaming Podcast, the podcast where depressed content create a uh, depressed content creator Edmund Agabao talks about movies based around video games. There's also plenty of talk of video games, movies, and TV shows of all genres. He regularly discusses updates and struggles on his journey as a video creator on YouTube, which no one wants or not, nor asks for. This podcast is a must miss. <laughs> I haven't done this since December. That's no excuse. That's not an explanation. It's just nothing. Um, I, I'm i not sure what episode to call this. It's called like 7.5. Um, you know how a lot of podcasts have their mini episodes or mini sods? Um, this is that for me, I guess. I'll call this episode 7.5 or Odd Drummer Watching, number one. So the idea behind this episode is I'm not going to talk about a movie based around a video game. So if you've heard my other episodes, I usually talk about what I've seen lately um, before I get to the meat of the program. But... I haven't done this since December, and I have so many movies I've watched. And I I like to at least mention, oh, I've seen this, I've seen this. Um, I I think it's fun. It's fun for me. It's I know it's not fun for you, but I do it anyway. So that's what I'm gonna do. I I don't I didn't count. I have too many. I'm I'm looking at the list now, and there's there's way too many. I mean. I don't know. I'm I'm just going to go for it. But um, up top, just an update on me. I'm continuing with my YouTube channel, trying to figure out what kind of content I can offer and um, what kind of people resonate with. And so lately I've been making content based around Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then I've been making short videos on like short drum cover videos of Final Fantasy tracks and the shorts sometimes they take off they'll get like 500 views um, but they don't get any subs so I don't know if people are just they're seeing it real quick and then they they just swipe off but they don't subscribe because they don't care Um, but I'm almost at 200 subs on my YouTube channel so if you're interested in Final Fantasy 7 Remake and um, or drum covers, or or me, my monotone voice, my boring personality, uh, my personality and my soul remind me of like igneous rock in the desert or like a cactus. There's just nothing there, no personality, no soul whatsoever. But I'm not gonna stop because there's no getting off of this train that we're on. That's a Final Fantasy VII reference. But so let's. I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I this is way too many movies to go through, but maybe I'll just mention them, or maybe I'll just dedicate a few seconds to each. Uh, wait, no. I I talk about my game. No, I'll I'll talk about my movies, and then at the end I'll t- I'll talk briefly about what I've been playing lately, if I can remember. So I watched three hundred. Three hundred is is a pretty good movie um i'm not a big fan of Zack snyder um his movies are kind of they're just kind of slow and 
not much to them but but i did like 300 i think it's a well done movie well put together movie and there's that that battle of the 300 soldiers or you know it's probably exaggerated but that battle where a few stood against many like there's a lot of good quotes in it and it's interesting to see that battle in a very cinematic very awesome movie and um, just like I said, there's a lot of good quotes, a lot of good action, and I, I like that the movie exists. But I think Kevin Smith mentioned one time on a podcast he saw it like once, and then he got everything that he needed to get out of it, and he had no desire to watch it again. And I I kind of understand where he's coming from. I'll probably watch it again, maybe way down the line. I I enjoy it, but um, it's not one of my favorites. I I remember, um, I remember there was a line to go see it back, way back when, um, when theaters were open in, I, I don't know when 300 came out, probably, oh, it says right here, 2006, so I remember there was a line to get in, and that was interesting, because you don't, I mean, 2006, I guess there was, that was a time where people still got excited to see movies, but you don't see that a lot when there's a line to get in but that was cool it's a good movie i saw wonder woman 1984 i gave it two stars i did not like it i watched it with my wife on hbo max um i just it was just kind of empty kind of boring kind of nonsensical the 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 dream villain was not that great Kristen wig i mean was fine just I didn't think it was well put together at all. It was just kind of a nothing movie to me. It's funny on the We'll See You in Hell podcast, they were talking about how the beginning of the movie where she was a young girl um, had nothing to do with the rest of the movie, which I don't think is true because they did mention, like, you, you need time to grow. You need... There was some sort of message in the beginning that carried over. But it was funny because my wife said, oh, I, my favorite part was the beginning where she was a little girl. But okay, let's move on to Soul. Soul, I wasn't even sure how to rate it because I liked it, but it felt kind of weird to me. Um, I feel like I had to watch it again to kind of get it. And I, I remember trying to talk about it and trying to explain it and something clicked for me where... I thought it was interesting how he went his whole life. He was trying to accomplish this thing as a musician, which I can totally relate to where, you know, I'm trying to all these years, I'm trying to work towards a music, some some sort of music ambition, music aspirations that I'm not totally clear on. And then he finally gets that one night and he thought he'd feel different, but he feels nothing. And then Tina Fey's character, I forget the name um but he she or they i guess they because they they didn't have a gender um all right whatever they tina tina Fey's character lived for one day and they appreciated everything the the wind the speaking to the people at the barbershops like they appreciated everything 
Um, and I guess that was the point of the movie. And I like that aspect. But that didn't click for me until after the movie. And I was trying to talk about it afterwards. So I wasn't even sure what to rate it. And I felt like it should have clicked more with me. Because it does deal with music and jazz and being a musician and a performer. So I, I do want to watch it again. But interestingly enough, I haven't watched it or haven't felt the need to watch it. I watched Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. I gave it four stars. I don't remember too much about it, but I, I liked it a lot. I feel like sound sound especially doesn't get its um, its its due, I guess. Um, even music gets a lot more credit than sound. Um, but I liked how the documentary went through the history of sound and went through um, like George Lucas and his process. And I feel like sound, like, for example, on the We'll See You in Hell, they're like, they were talking about the Oscars and they're like, no, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about a lot of the categories. And then Pat was like, well, we don't have to go through sound, which which is an understandable comment. And then he made another comment like, what did that movie win for? Like sound editing? Like it's it's funny, it's understandable, but a lot of a lot of work goes into sound design. Um, I remember one time I went to a competition in Ontario for a Starcraft competition and the sound was off. And so people were watching the competition between two people and you couldn't hear the sound. And peop and people started kind of calling for it yelling out for it like the sound the sound so i i it was an interesting kind of fun moment where people wanted they were like craving to hear the sound because imagine like a video game or a movie without sound and sound effects and foley and the atmospheric kind of sound you hear so i like that documentary and i watched in search of darkness a journey into iconic 80s horror i watched that because that was an episode of We'll See You in Hell. And I thought it was fine. I'm not a big fan of horror or 80s horror or any type of horror. But I watched it for the podcast. And it's like a four-hour documentary. And it was fine. I just There were some people in it that I just found kind of annoying. And I don't understand why they needed to get so much screen time. Um, like, I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are please get off the screen like uh, it was just that was an interesting choice i watched thx 1138 because well mostly because of the sound documentary they um they went they talked about george lucas so i kind of wanted to watch what he made years before he made star wars i thought it was okay i felt it was pretty slow and kind of boring um yeah that's all i have to say i thought it was just some interesting things and interesting concept but just kind of boring i watched x ask dr ruth i gave that 4.5 stars i liked it a lot i liked her a lot i liked hearing about her story i thought it was really interesting and heartwarming how she kind of escaped death in the um she i i forget her exact quote but she she calls herself an orphan of the Holocaust, not a survivor because she wasn't in the camps. But um, 
she, I feel like I, I'm not really f- um, familiar with her outside of this documentary, um, but I know she reached a lot of people, and I I enjoyed hearing her story and how she came about. And um, she's older now, and I immediately after watching it, I was like, I hope she lives forever because I kind of love her. I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I gave it four stars. It it's between three point five and four stars. I I thought it was funny. I laughed, but I wasn't like LOLing the whole time. It's kind of just one of those older classic movies that um, it's kind of of its time. Um, I my favorite line. What well, I can't even remember it, and I'm not gonna look it up. But I think it's the character's name is Art. Um. Uh, the someone someone says uh, someone makes a rude comment and then the daughter says he worked really hard on it grandma and then art says so do so do washing machines it's it was it made me laugh i watched i feel pretty um i i thought it was pretty funny i thought it was fine i'm not sure how i feel about I can't even remember her name. Um, let me look it up. It doesn't say. Of course it doesn't say. Um, Amy Schumer. I, I see all these videos pop up that she steals jokes. And like her explanation is she works. Ugh, I have to pause. And I'm back. Um, she, her explanation was she works with a team and the team watches a lot of things so it's possible that some of the jokes might have come through by osmosis so i'm not sure how i feel about her i mean i think she's funny every time i see clips i think she's funny it's just a shame that a lot of her material comes from other sources but um i think it's funny the the one a lot of my laughs came from this one dude um, his name, I think his name is Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I thought he was really funny in that movie. And Emily Ratajkowski is really hot. Um, I'm out of breath because I went downstairs, voice crack, went downstairs and helped my wife get groceries out of the car and then climbed back up and I'm out of shape due to the pandemic. So I'm out of breath, but I want to get through this as smoothly as possible. I watched You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Um, I thought it was funny. It was very, the jokes were like really out. I don't know how to say it. Really, like really bizarre physical comedy, but it was funny. I, I'm a fan of Adam Sandler. I, I've been a fan of Adam Sandler since... Happy Gilmore when I was a kid Happy Gilmore was my favorite movie um, at the time so whenever someone asked me what's your favorite movie I would just say Happy Gilmore I just think he's funny but he kind of has this reputation now like a lot of his comedies are dumb low effort and I, I can't disagree with that but I thought You Don't Mess With The Zohan was pretty funny I got like a six pack of his movies and that was one of them. I watched The 40-Year-Old Virgin. 
and I think that's a really good movie. I gave it four stars, and I think it if it hasn't by now, it will become a comedy classic. I just think it's a lot of the jokes are really funny, and it's really well made, and I think it kind of broke Steve Carell's career. Um, I think he was perfectly cast, and it's a really good movie, really funny movie, and like a really classic movie. I feel like you don't make those types of movies anymore. Like a lot of the comedies now, they they look dumb and they are dumb. But that was during a time where comedies were actually funny. I watched The Midnight Sky. I gave it one and a half stars. Um, I didn't like it. Um, I like the concept. I like the concept of dystopian movies. Um, how the future is like really dark and what are we going to do. I like the idea of it. I like the concept of it. I think when they started singing Sweet Caroline, I was like, okay, I'm out. I just, I'm not liking this. I, it was just a little too cornballish that I didn't like it. I watched Score, a film music documentary. I liked it a lot. I gave it four stars. I... I studied music, so I'm a big fan of music. I'm a big fan of film music, so I appreciated all the footage and um, hearing from all the composers. The only thing that kind of bothered me, and I don't want to get too much into it, but they talk about Pirates of the Caribbean and how the the it's film music, but it's like rock and roll, and it's very rhythmic. But they credit everything to Hans Zimmer. And I know Hans Zimmer did like the soundtrack for the second one. But the first one is, it says composed by Klaus Badelt. And I don't know anything about Klaus Badelt. I just know that he composed the music for the first um, Pirates movie. And I know Hans Zimmer was like a producer on the first uh, like a music producer on the first movie so maybe he had his hand in it but it it was just kind of confusing to me that they gave all the credit for the pirates movies to Hans maybe he had a lot to do with it but I was just I don't understand why there's no mention of Klaus but that's the only thing that bothered me about it and I don't know why they did that but there it is I watched Isapa with Feelings, and that's a Filipino movie. It means one more time with feelings. It was very good. I honestly I didn't pay that I didn't pay total attention to it unfortunately, but it seemed like really good. The main character guy, it's a romantic movie, romantic drama. The main the guy main character is he plays a deaf person but he's not deaf in real life so he did a really good job and I should watch that one again because it seemed to be a really good movie but I wasn't paying that much attention to it. I watched the Muppets, the 2011 movie by Seagal, Jason Siegel. I liked it a lot. I gave it four and a half stars. It was surprisingly funny to me. Um, there was a lot of jokes, a lot of quick jokes that surprised me because I don't, I'm not, I don't laugh a lot. I'm a hard laugh these days and it it made me laugh a lot and I gave it four and a half stars so obviously I liked it a lot and 
yeah, good movie, solid movie. I watched The Nice Guys. I gave it three and a half stars. I think it was just overhyped to me. And a lot of people are saying it's like kind of a masterpiece, a comedic masterpiece. And what's his name? The guy from Drive and Crazy, Crazy Paper Love. Um, the good looking guy. Oh my gosh. He was in First Man. I can't. My brain is mush. Ryan Gosling. I thought he was good in it. I thought he was fine. I I just didn't think it was a masterpiece. I think it was just over overhyped in my mind. Um, my wife's always looking for action comedies. And it, it's a decent one. It's a fine one. I just gave it three and a half stars. I didn't think it was amazing. I just thought it was fine. I watched Unknown with Liam Neeson. Three and a half stars. Uh, I'm I'm looking at my diary on Letterboxd, and it's I'm I'm on Letterboxd at Drum J Eight. If you want to connect on there, but unknown. I thought it was good. It, the only thing is, I I started to get lost like halfway through, and I started getting confused. But I maybe that was the point of the movie because it was kind of supposed to be confusing and. But I liked it. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. I watched First Man. I gave it four and a half stars. I liked it a lot. Um, I liked the his characterization of how he... Spoiler alert if you haven't seen First Man. But he loses his young daughter at the beginning of the movie. And he's kind of disconnected from everything. And it feels like... It almost feels like he wants to escape. He wants to get away from everything, but he's very driven. But he he come he becomes very cold, very um, just kind of separate from his family and his wife and his two boys, I think. And he talks to his boys as if he as if he's at a conference, a space conference, like any further questions and. I, I liked his characterization. I liked his performance. I guess I liked his performance a lot better here than Nice Guys, but um, I liked it a lot. My wife liked it less than I, less than me. Not sure why, but uh, I liked it a lot. I watched. I guess after watching First Man, I wanted to watch more space movies, so I watched Interstellar, and I liked that movie a lot. Um, also, I gave it. Four and a half stars. That's a rewatch for me. I just like how Christopher Nolan puts together a movie. He he makes these epic, very ambitious movies, and he's one of the few directors that really executes. Um, I watched Interstellar the first time I watched it with my parents and my wife in the theaters, and it was just a little too slow for my taste. I thought it was kind of boring. But then the second time I watched it, I think I was I watched it on my phone while driving from L.A. to Riverside. Don't do that, folks. But I did it, and I I really liked it a lot. And every time I watch it since then, I I think it's a really great movie. Um, I watched Total Recall. I gave it four stars. I liked I liked this one a lot too. Um, Arnold is really good in it. 
I thought it was a solid movie, solid action movie. I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. I remember when I was a kid, Arnold was my favorite actor. So this might be the first time that I had seen it in its entirety and I thought it was really good, some really interesting stuff. I'm not sure if at the end it's meant to be vague, how he's like, I don't know if this is a dream. And she's like, I forget what she said. She's probably like, just enjoy it or come here and I'll let you know and let's kiss. But I thought it was a good movie. I kind of wanted to buy it, but I think I have it digitally on Vudu. I bought it for maybe $4 or $5. But the I think the 4K just came out. And it's like $13. I kind of wanted to get it, but I don't know. Maybe one day. I watched Labyrinth. Labyrinth, I think, was a little overhyped for me as well because they talk about it a lot on on We'll See You in Hell. And uh, Joe vastly prefers Dark Crystal. And then whenever Joe... Because they talk about Dark Crystal a lot because of the new series that came out and they dedicated an episode to it and pat always says oh i I never really loved dark crystal i was more into the labyrinth so i never saw labyrinth i don't think i ever saw labyrinth as a kid the only scene i remember is the end when she like turns around and all the puppets are back and they start dancing like that's the only scene i remember kind of similar to the witches like as a kid the only scene i remember is the good witch turning him back into a human um but labyrinth i never saw it as a kid so i watched it first time as an adult and i thought it was fine i I liked it it was like three and a half i gave it three and a half stars i just i didn't love it i watched knives out i i liked it a lot i gave it four and a half stars um I thought it was a really well-made movie, well put together, well executed. Anna de Armas is beautiful and she did a really good job and I enjoyed it so much it made me want to re- Those are my dogs in the background, sorry. It made me want to rewatch uh, The Last Jedi and and I didn't love The Last Jedi. I thought it was okay. I li- I think I liked it a little bit more than Force Awakens. But Last Jedi had that terrible... One of the worst sequences I've ever experienced in a movie viewing experience. The The call waiting gag at the beginning of the movie. I don't... I, I hate that. I mean, there's a lot of things about the new Star Wars movies that I didn't like. And... Uh, we won't we won't get into it. I'll probably rewatch Last Jedi because I did love Knives Out a lot. I liked how um I just liked how it was put together and I think I think it's been mentioned or no. Sorry, I'm mixing it up. The Last Jedi had a lot of um influences from Akira Kuras Kurosawa's movie Rashomon which I haven't seen, but I recently purchased on the Criterion website. So I'm looking forward to watching that. But Knives Out, I liked a lot. I gave it 4.5 stars. I watched Gretel and Hansel. I I liked it. I gave it 4 stars. I thought it was 
really dark um and I, like i mentioned i don't love horror but i i i thought it was well done i liked it i liked the performance of the main girl there there was a lot of a really a lot of really good effective solid uh creep out moments that weren't necessarily jump scares but um i liked it and that was directed by Oz Perkins who is the son of Anthony Perkins and i i try cuz they they did the, an episode on this movie as well for we'll see you in hell and pat sang the praises of the black coat's daughter i tried to watch the black coat's daughter but i kept getting distracted and and like third 20 30 minutes in i didn't care about the black coat's daughter but i should try it again but Gretel and Hansel I I liked a lot. I watched Lincoln. So here's here's the story why I watched Lincoln. I'm I'm probably not going to edit this down cuz usually I I like to go through my episodes and edit out all of my vocal tics, all of my mouth noises and my and ums and 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 but I'm I'm probably not going to edit it. It just it it takes so much time and effort and I just feel like it it makes me not want to record. So, I'm just going to experiment and put this out and hopefully someone somewhere in the world will find value out of this. And I apologize in advance for the lack of editing on this. but um i'm just going to try to do it and if if you want if you if it sounds boring and terrible and the mouth noises really bother you go ahead and let me know and then i'll i'll try to do better in the future so here's a i'll try to make this quick a quick story why i watched linkin so like i mentioned i study music i'm a fan of music and lately i've kind of been bored with music because as a drummer I keep listening to the Mars Volta over and over again and not even the whole catalog of the Mars Volta. I listen to John Theodore the Mars Volta, which is like the first 3 albums. And mostly it's like Deloused in the Comatorium. I would listen to, the, to those tracks over and over again. And then sometimes I'll listen to like the first track of Francis the Mute and then some tracks of Amputexture. amputecture and but the good don't get me wrong like thomas some of thomas pridgen's track are really have amazing drumming but i feel like it just changed the dynamic of the band but anyway that's a that's the we'll leave that for the mars volta podcast but so i've been i listen to the mars volta over and over again especially when i play drums i just listen to mars volta over and over again so i was getting kind of bored with drums So I decided to kind of go back to my music education, music studying roots and I decided to go back to like the beginning of music, the history of music. So like the beginning of music is like Gregorian chants, but I'm like no what ain't nobody got time for that. So I jumped forward to like classical music, um romantic music, etc. And so I was listening to a lot of classical music like um some Bach, Beethoven, Chopin, 
who I, I once referred to as Chopin when I went to the, I was studying music and I went to the music librarian and I said, I'm looking for Chopin. And she had a blank look on her face and she looked at me. But anyway, so I was listening to classic music for a while, Eric Satie, some like piano music, and I enjoyed it. And I, um, I enjoyed it for a while and then I moved on. I was basically trying to kind of force myself, force, expose myself to different types of music, like get me out of this Mars Volta loop that I've been listening to. So I listened to classical and then I started listening to jazz and then I listened to like Buddy Rich and uh, Joe Morello and Dave Brubeck and... um, I, I random because I Google stuff a lot, so I randomly Googled. Oh man, this is a long story. Oh, I'm almost done with my list, so this is going pretty well anyway. So I Googled history of jazz, and the first thing that came up is well, the history of jazz goes back to the transatlantic slave trade, and I, immediately I was like, oh gosh. And then it made me think about like slavery and racism and it made me think about black people and how I started to wonder. I wonder if black people think about slavery all the time. I wonder if black people think about racism all the time. Because I do not. I, I'm i a Filipino-American and I was born in the States. Um, I went to Catholic private elementary and Catholic private high school in Orange County, so I feel like a white boy. I feel like a white man, even though I'm not. But considering my upbringing, that's how I feel. So I started to feel like, I wonder if black people think about racism all the time, because at one point, like this country was built on racism. At When this country was built, white, white males owned black people as property it's it's horrifying to think about and it's something i never think about the only only reason i started thinking about it is because i looked up the history of jazz i actually thought i actually asked my black friend i I don't know if this was appropriate but he didn't seem bothered by it i asked him do you think about slavery all the time do you think about racism all the time and he said he doesn't think about slavery all the time but he he is constantly reminded about racism and he just and he mentioned just today earlier today i was going into my apartment and a white man looked at me funny as if i was trying to break in something like that so i'm like i this was a weird tangent but these are the thoughts that go into my head but that's the reason why um i watched lincoln <laughs> getting back to my Odd Drummer Watching Corner. So I liked Lincoln a lot. I gave it three and a half stars. I think Daniel Day-Lewis did a really good job. The only thing is I I started to get lost. I think with the language, because they were using like older English language, I I started to get kind of lost and kind of confused um, at what was going on. But I got the gist. And then... Admittedly, because I'm human and I like dark and sick stuff, when 
when it cuts to like a play, I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna sh- they're gonna show the shooting, and it turns out they don't show the shooting. It's it's his son who's at a play, and and Lincoln gets shot at a different playhouse across the street or something. I forget. But um, then I started looking up like the Kennedy footage. Uh, never mind. Let's move on. I watched the raid. I like the raid a lot. I gave it four stars. Um, I'm a fan of Eko Weiss, if that's his name. Um, I I first saw him in Mile 22. I had no idea who he was, and Mile 22 was it was it was fine. It was good enough. Um, not the best Marky Mark movie. Um, I've seen better movies. I I like the Patriot movie. The Patriot? Patriot Games? Um, Patriot's Day? I like that one better. But, so we watched The Raid, and I liked it a lot. That one might have been a little overhyped for me, but it was still really good. I kind of want to rewatch it. So, then we watched The Raid 2, and I gave it three and a half stars, just a little less. It's still a really good movie, but... I think the first one just has a slight edge over it. I then watched Dirty Dancing because my wife's always looking for romantic comedies. And that's always at the top of the list. And I looked on Vudu and it was on sale for $4.99. And I looked on Amazon for the physical, the Blu-ray plus digital. And it was also $4.99. Four ninety nine. So I got the Blu-ray digital for four ninety nine, and I I really liked it a lot. Um, I gave it four and a half stars. I just I just thought it was really charming. I loved the performances. I liked Patrick Swayze's performance. I I liked Jennifer Grey's performance a lot. It's just really charming movie, and the end sequence, like when he when he, um. When he says like, or when he goes up and they start doing the dance, it's such it's such a joyful sequence that every time I start it up, um, it kind of gives me goosebumps because I I really like that sequence a lot. And there's a documentary series on Netflix, um, the movies that made us, and one of the movies is Dirty Dancing, and I had no I had no interest in watching the documentary for it. And I had no interest in watching the movie. But then after I watched the movie, I, of course, wanted to watch the documentary. So it, it's funny how it kind of works. This movie has been around since 87, and I didn't watch it until 2021, and I ended up loving it. So um, check out movies you haven't seen before, because you never know. You never really know. I watched Pulse. I... It's a Japanese movie. Um, I so the al- the YouTube algorithm is kind of weird. Um, it recommends you movies or it recommends you videos. It it thinks you will like, and sometimes you like it. Sometimes it's weird recommendations. But I saw a movie or a video dissecting the scariest m- scene from this movie, and. I forget what's the the name of the movie in Japanese, but it has a different Japanese name. 
but in English it's called Pulse. It's from 2001, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. But this the scene, the scene in the video scared me, so I decided to watch it, and I didn't give it a rating because I quote unquote watched it, because I watched it while practicing drums. So I practiced drums to drown out the sound of the movie Pulse because it was kind of scary. It was kind of terrifying. So I I can barely say that I watched it, but I I consider myself to have watched it. Um, I, I'm like I said, I'm not a big fan of horror, but I would recommend it because that even that video dissecting that scene, it was a really well done, really creepy scene. So if you're into horror, particularly Asian horror, check out the movie Pulse. I rewatched the movie Avengers: Age of Ultron probably because of WandaVision, which I've been enjoying. I think most people love it more than me. Um, I like it fine. I think the the sitcom thing got kind of old for me pretty quick, and I wanted them to get back to the present and what's going on. And then, like, they would go into like, so they do the history of the sitcom. So they go from like black and white, and then it slowly progresses, and then eventually they get into like the mockumentary Modern Family style. And I'm not a big fan of Modern Family, so like, if I don't like Modern Family, why am I gonna like WandaVision's version of Modern Family? I think it's fine. I really like Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's pretty and hot and a really good actor. I was about to say actress, but I caught myself. I probably even shouldn't have said that secondary comment, but I like um, Paul. What is his? I can't. Apparently, I can't remember anyone's name ever. I want to call him Paul Jarvis, Paul Bettany. Um. So in Avengers: Age of Ultron, I gave it four and a half stars. I really liked it.、Um, I remember watching it in theaters, and I was a little disappointed, just because、um, there there's a scene in in the beginning where they like they go slow mo, and it it kind of looks like almost like they're taking a picture. They go slow mo, and you can see the whole group, and it 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 always feels really like gratuitous to me. I'm like they don't need to do that. Like, they do that awesome rotating shot in the the first Avengers, and I feel like that was them doing it again in this Avengers. But right at the beginning, I'm like, you don't need to do that. And then I remember it being kind of slow in the theater,、um, but this time around I liked it a lot. And I I kind of felt bad because I gave it four and a half stars, and then like the next day all of that news dropped about. Joss Whedon, but I mean, what what are you gonna do if he if he made a great movie and I liked it a lot? I I I don't think I should downplay my enjoyment of it. I watched Rush Hour two.、Um, I gave it four stars. I I like the Rush Hour trilogy. I think I like the first one the best.、Um, I it's good action. It's good comedy, and I always get into this. When I watch one of those movies, but 
I like those movies because of the comedy and the comedy attempts, and they're funny to me. And you can't really help what makes you laugh. And I don't think, for me, I don't think laughing at a racist joke makes you a racist. Like, that's absurd. And they're, they're never going to make movies like this where they make jokes at the expense of a black person they make jokes at the expense of an asian person they make fat jokes they make all types of jokes and they make me laugh like really laugh lol and they're they can't make those movies anymore because people are just like no we have to hold people accountable we have to be better why are you erasing jokes they're jokes um and it it makes me upset, but I I really like the Rush Hour trilogy because they just make me laugh, and I wish they would make more jokes. And and it kind of reminds me of there there's this one comedian who goes up in a school and he makes some jokes. I guess some of the jokes are racy jokes, edgy jokes, and in the middle of his act, this girl comes up and says. We're not going to, they cut his mic and they're like, we're not going to let you perform anymore. And, and I think people cheered. So this is our future. People are going to think that like racy, edgy jokes, they're going to think that's quote unquote wrong and that we need to speak against them and put them down and just because we have a different opinion, we need to take them down and cancel them. And I just disagree with that. And the future is going to be filled with emotionless children with dead eyes who can't laugh at anything. They're not allowed to laugh at anything. And and the future is just going to be like, are we allowed to laugh at this? Okay, thank you. Ha ha. Like, that's the future that we're headed towards, which is unfortunate. And that sucks. I also watched Coming to America with my wife. Um, It's funny. I showed her three trailers. I can't think. I think one of the trailers was Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Um, One was Coming to America. And I don't remember the third one. But the only trailer she reacted to was coming to america so we watched it i gave it four and a half stars i i think it's a really funny movie um i liked it a lot eddie murphy is great in it it's like a kind of a typical romantic comedy but um but eddie murphified um um it's just kind of a classic comedy I, i i like it a lot i have not yet seen the sequel coming to america but what's funny is a lot of people, I don't know the difference between 1988 and 2021, but let's say it's 20, let's say it's 26 years. Some people have been waiting 26 years for a sequel to that. But if my wife's interested, she gets to wait literally a few months after watching the first one to watch the second one. Um... I hope the second one's good. I, I'm always rooting for movies to be good. I hope it has success. I'm assuming they, they went ahead and made that movie after the success of... Um, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but Eddie Murphy's run as... I That one movie on Netflix, I don't, I don't know the name. 
Um, and then we watched Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. So I gave it three and a half stars. I liked it, but it felt kind of slow to me this time around. Um, there's some scenes where it feels the the scenes are just long for the sake of being long. I think they waited at the elevator for like 30 seconds and nothing happens. They're just waiting for an elevator for 30 seconds. And that kind of stuff just bothers me. And I think it could have easily been edited down. My favorite scene is when the guy is dragging him across the water. Like there's some there's something really like vicious and cruel about that scene. It's like a top down scene and I, I like it a lot. Um, I remember liking Old Boy a lot more. We might watch that next, probably soon. I didn't like the the last one, Lady Sympathy or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance or whatever. We watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, I gave it four stars. I liked it. I watched it when it came out in 2002. Um, I think it's a very charming movie. I like it a lot. I just me and my wife were laughing really good for like the first hour and then there's a noticeable drop in laughs after this the first bit which is i think most comedies i think that happens to most comedies but it's a it's a good it's a go, good romantic comedy and it's interesting how because when i was in college i had to deal with i had a girlfriend who quote unquote couldn't marry me because I was not Korean or she 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 lied a lot she was like a she 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 was always lying so this could have been a lie but she said in order for her her to leave Korea to come to the States she promised her father that she would marry a Korean man I don't know if that's true but that's what she told me she probably just didn't like me or maybe she didn't like my smell but her younger sister married what looks to be a white man or a half white man but that's neither here nor there um we watched the night comes for us that was a brutal movie if you like brutal um violence i guess you would call it gory brutal gory violence the night comes for us is really good really good action um, action choreography is really good. Um, there was just something stopping it from being a 4.5 or higher, but it was enjoyable. I, I feel like Joe Taslim and Iko Uwais could have switched places, or, or maybe they were trying to play with type, but it was good. By the way, I was, I was, I look, because I like to Google and Wikipedia stuff after I watch things. So I was excited to see that Joe Taslim is going, is Sub Zero, and the Mortal Kombat trailer looks awesome. I watched it like five times. It looks really good, and I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the Mortal Kombat games. Not that I don't like them, I just, I remember playing the first one and I liked Scorpion. Um, but I, I never got into the franchise. I never, I, I'm not a big fighter game either. What? I'm not that big into fighter games either, but, but I'm excited for that movie. It looks really good. I, and then after watching the night comes for us, we watched triple threat, which, which was, it was good, but 
I gave it three stars. I feel like it could have been a lot better with the roster they had, especially the three leads. I'm not familiar with Tiger Chen, but I guess he does... I think he does more behind-the-scenes stuff, like choreography, rather than performing, I think. I'm not sure. And then I kind of know Tony Jaa's name from The Protector and Ong Bak. But I, I haven't seen any, any of those movies. So the mo- the most I was familiar with was Eco. And I thought it was okay. Like I like the end sequence, how they all kind of teamed up against the main bad guy. Um, but the movie wasn't put together well. It wasn't directed very well. So I didn't love it. And that's my list. So I'm looking at the recording. I'm at 52 minutes, which is a lot. And like I mentioned, I'm not going to edit this one, but if you if you find my mouth noises to be really distracting or, or boring or irritating, please reach out and let me know. Um, I will get to my move my gaming beat. I don't know if that makes sense. Odd Drummer Gaming Beat. The name of this podcast doesn't make sense. The concept of this podcast doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense. But oh well. So a, f- a month or so ago, I really went deep into Hollow Knight, and I liked it a lot. Um, it it kind of get it kind of got a little too difficult to the point of being irritated, irritating. But I, I really liked it, and I liked how it was a solid Metroidvania game. Um, I got into Metroid pretty late, I think in my late 20s maybe. Um, met, the first Metroid is just kind of irritating to play now, like it's difficult and the graphics are not great. But I got into Super Metroid pretty deep. And I like that one a lot. The only problem is there's some things you need to do in that game where like you have to run back and forth and do a super jump super high and it has to be super accurate. And I'm like, there's no way I would be able to figure that out without a walkthrough. That's how I feel about it. And I feel like if I don't if I miss a day, like if I play it for a week straight and then I miss a day, I feel like I'll f- totally forget where I am. But I did enjoy Super Metroid a lot. I enjoyed it to the point where I ordered a a 3DS XL, the special edition um, Samus one, where it has her design on the front. Um, and it's one of my prized possessions. So I liked I liked the 2D 2D Metroid. So I liked Super Metroid. I like Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. Those are my types of Metroids. I bought the Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Wii or the Wii U. I don't remember. And I don't think those games are for me. I went pretty far on it. And I don't like first person. And it was like making me dizzy. And those just aren't my types of games. But I'm glad that a lot of people love it. And they're pining for Metroid Prime 4. But I enjoy the 2D. Like I really liked... Um, Samus Returns, the new one that came out, or the new-ish one that came out for the 3DS. Those are more my types of games. So that being said, I really liked Hollow Knight, how it was, how Hollow Knight is a tribute to Metroid and those types of games. Um, 
And I like the atmosphere and how it's kind of creepy and the music and the sound design. And that's the reason where I, I actually was playing. Um, what's that one game? The other game, Ori and the not the Wisps one, but Ori and the Blinding Light. I played that one first before Hollow Knight. So after playing Ori, I really liked Ori and I liked the graphics on Ori and then I I started playing Hollow Knight and I couldn't help but feel like oh I I think I like Ori better because the graphics are better and more realistic but what happened was I I kind of put a stop to Ori and I went full deep into Hollow Knight and I like Hollow Knight a lot more I kind of got stuck at Ori and I kind of didn't care anymore after a while but I enjoyed Hollow Knight a lot and it's the reason why I tried playing that one game. Um, I can't think of the name, but it's very popular. It was made like by one guy. I think he made the the game and the soundtrack. Um, I can't think of the name. I'm sorry, but the the name the main guy's name is Trace, and it's an obvious. Uh, it's an obvious homage to Super Metroid. Something Arge? Something Forge? Arc? Arc Light? I can't think of it. But when I power that up, like, the music is so in your face. It's like this really thumping, like, 8-bit sounding music. And it's honestly, for me, it's kind of a turnoff because I I love the atmospheric kind of slow moving kind of creepy atmosphere of hollow night so i don't i don't really like hearing the thumping 8-bit music it's kind of a turnoff for me but i haven't played hollow night in a while i got to the pantheon part and that's just i'm not that i'm not great at platformers at all i enjoy it i like i like the story and i like playing them but i'm not gonna get these like no I'm not sure what you're supposed to do at the Pantheon, like no hit or one hit or something. I'm not that good, and it's it stops being enjoyable for me at some point. Um, I Lately, I've been playing Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. I really like Bowser's Fury. Um, I like it. I felt like it was kind of short. I guess that was the point. It's not a it's not a new game. Well, it is a new game, but it's kind of a side game. But all it does it make it makes me want more 3D Mario. And I don't understand how there there hasn't been any DLC or there's no Super Mario Odyssey 2. There's no mention that they're working on anything. There's nothing. And Super Mario Odyssey came out in 2017. Um, so I don't know what they're doing. I hope they're working on something. I, I want a new 3D Mario. And maybe Bowser's Fury was it. But it's, it was like too short. I'm, I'm already done with it. And I enjoyed it a lot. But I, it just makes me want more 3D Mario. And I'm enjoying Super Mario 3D World. But admittedly i there's something about like the untethered quality of a 3d mario where you can just explore the different worlds where you're you're not entering and exiting a level each time 
there's something really enjoyable and fresh about it that that's that's what I want to play and I I was playing like Super Mario, Super Mario 64 on the Switch bugs me the cameras bug me the control bugs me I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it Sunshine also feels and looks kind of weird to me I don't I don't know I I might try to play both of those games but I'm not sure and then Galaxy I was I was enjoying for a while but I feel like it 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 I think you have to if you're playing handheld and I enjoy playing handheld you have to touch the screen and my wife just got me these these large uh, hoary controllers um Joy-Cons and they're they're bigger than the the regular Joy-Cons so and and you kind of have to touch the screen for some levels of Super Mario 3D World 2. And then when I do it, it it's bothersome to me. I, I guess this is it's worse than first world problems. But I, I end up moving the camera when I try to touch the screen. So I can't even fully enjoy um, Super Mario Galaxy. I think I might have to play it docked and then play with the Joy-Cons, which, I mean, I want to play it handheld, so I don't know. But I am enjoying Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. And that just came out last month. And like, I'm I'm going to finish 3D World soon, probably. Bowser's Fury I'm already done with. I hope they're working on a new 3D Mario. Like that's, and they're coming out with Mario Golf. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna get that. Um, not anytime soon. Maybe eventually. But um, I was excited at the Skyward Sword news. Um, I think they should ended. I think they should have ended the direct with that news instead of um, Splatoon three. I'm, I. I'm not a big fan of Splatoon. I tried playing Splatoon 2. I don't think it's my thing. But I don't really like shooters, even though it's Splatoon. But I was really excited for the Skyward Sword announcement. Skyward Sword, it's not even my favorite. I think it's a lot of people's not favorites. For me, Skyward Sword felt... um, Because all Zelda games are like formulaic, you know? They're like every like all Mario games. They follow a pattern. All Zelda games. They follow a pattern. At least in my experience, you have to go to this place. You have to collect the whatever items. Go to the different places, collect the items, and then beat the boss. Like that's the essentially the pattern of Zelda. And they, but the Zelda games are so unique and epic and ambitious that they never feel formulaic to me. But Skyward Sword, to me, was the first one where it felt formulaic, where it felt predictable, where I go here, I got, you get the stone or whatever, and it felt kind of like I, w- I could predict it. So it wasn't my favorite. I I much more prefer Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is probably my favorite Zelda. I just like the darker tone a lot. Um... And then probably next is Ocarina of Time and possibly Breath of the Wild third. But but I am excited to play Skyward Sword on the Switch. I, I actually ha- I still have the Wii Skyward Sword and I have a Wii U so I can play the original anytime. 
but but admittedly i even though i could i haven't played it in a long time and the final fantasy i should have done this news at the beginning but here i am no i don't think anyone is listening to this ever but i'm gonna finish with the news that final fantasy 7 intergrade final fantasy 7 remake intergrade is coming to ps5 on june 10th 2021 i'm really excited for it i'm super excited for the yuffie episode and that's the content i've been making on my youtube channel um i i don't have a ps5 and supposedly they're working on getting more stock and more inventory in the next few months which who knows if that's true i mean i don't know but hopefully i will get a on my hand i actually applied for an amazon warehouse job even though i have a history of of serious back problems to save up for a ps5 and my joke was on my first day at amazon i'm going to earn 60 dollars. i'm going to go straight to the chiropractor and he's going to charge me 80 dollars my second joke was if they take my blood test after my first day at Amazon, it's going to be 99% ibuprofen. But um, so anyway, I'm I'm excited for the Yuffie episode. Um, I I just need to get a PS5. It's gonna take me a few weeks to save up for it, and and I'll and I also have to pay off my mountain of debt. But that's all for this episode. I hope somewhere, someone somewhere finds this kind of content valuable. I apologize for my long gaps in episodes. But I enjoy talking about video games and drums and movies and movies about video games. And I, I hope that I, I'll, I'll be able to connect with some of you if anyone's listening out there. So thanks for listening. Uh, Take care. Stay safe. The world is still kind of weird, but we'll see what happens. Um, Thanks for listening. Stay odd and keep on playing.